We are continuing in our uh, sermon series in this new year titled Back to Basics. Have you ever been thinking about something in the back of your mind? Something has been ruminating, an idea or a task, something maybe ahead on your agenda, and then you're, you're doing some other activity and you hear something, somebody says something that isn't directly related to what you've been thinking, but yet it's so relevant. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe you're thinking about a work project and you're driving in your car and you're listening to the commentators and they say something that has nothing to do with your task and yet it has everything to do with it. That moment happened for me um, this last week. I've been thinking a lot about this back to basic sermon series. Uh, we, We have just kicked off here at Good Shepherd our vision task force. We have a group of 13 people representing Good Shepherd. The bios of all of those individuals will be published in the weeks to come. And we had our first meeting. Um, Our our task here is to spend the better part of 2024 together with the help of a guide, discerning where God might be calling our congregation into the future. Things like our mission, vision, values, strategic goals, It's sort of this new day here at Good Shepherd, an inflection point, and it was wonderful to gather together. And as we start that work, Pastor Alex and I thought it would be fitting for us to um, begin that season in worship going back to the basics, looking at the book of Acts and the early church. And now the moment came for me in our vision task force meeting when our consultant who was with us via Zoom because he was snowed in in Nashville, they got about eight inches of snow, he, he said a line that just has stuck with me. He, he said, it's very simple in life to make things complicated. But it's really complicated to keep things simple. It's really simple in life to make things complicated. Boy, isn't that true about our lives, our relationships, our work, certainly our ministry? It's really simple to make things complicated. I think by default, life gets complicated. Our consultant said, imagine if I just sat on my couch for three weeks and ignored almost all of my responsibilities. Really simple. Life would get really complicated really quickly. And I think the same thing is true when we think about what it means to be people of faith, a part of a faith community in 2024. For me, and I imagine Pastor Alex feels the same way, being a pastor in 2024 feels really complicated. We have these things called congregations that represent institutions. They're structured that way with boards and finances and committees and we have worship and we have outreach and we have small groups. We have all of these things and yet we're post-pandemic trying to figure out how do we move forward in faith and sometimes it all feels so complicated. It's simple to make things complicated complicated or hard to keep things simple. And yet I think each one of us, 
without hesitation, would say, I'd rather have a simple life than a complicated life, right? Does anybody want a complicated life? Simple doesn't necessarily mean um, that it's not multidimensional, that it's not rich, that it's not fulfilling, but I think we crave clarity. We crave simplicity. This is the genesis behind this five-week little series. Let's get back to basics, the fundamentals. This is the time of year when football coaches are leaving their team to go to another opportunity, right? It actually started a while ago before the bowl games, which I think is a travesty in itself. Like you shouldn't be allowed, sorry, I'm gonna get on my soapbox. You shouldn't be allowed to leave your team before the bowl game to go to another, you should wait. But anyway, um, (laughs) that's the first time anyone's ever clapped for me at Good Shepherd. (laughs) No, no, no. Y'all don't clap for the gospel, but you clap for that. No, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I love you. Um, Where was I going with that? (laughs) This is what happens when you just ad-lib too much. Stick with your team. Stick with your team. Yeah, I still don't remember where I was going. Okay, when the coaches leave and they go to the new team, what does every coach say in the interview? What are you going to do at the new program? What are you going to do here at the university? We're going to get back to the fundamentals of football. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get back to blocking and tackling. We're going to start with the basics, right? I think we, as Christians in 2024, post-pandemic, we need to go back to the basics. And so last week, Pastor Alex kicked this off in the book of Acts, right? The early church, very basic. They had no playbook. They didn't have 2,000 years or 150 years in their own context and culture of what church looked like. They simply had the stories of the apostles, the memories of being with Jesus, some of them. Others had just heard about Jesus, never walked with them. They had nothing to draw upon other than their own lived experience and the stories that were being told. And yet we see a very profound pattern in their life together. And in Acts chapter 2, last week, Alex read probably the most quoted, famous passage from the book of Acts. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and generous hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily, daily. Very simply, the blocking and tackling that the early church did primarily was to gather. They understood the importance of being in community. They needed one another. And they did this through tremendous obstacles to gather as Christians oriented around the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus 
was anathema, was illegal in their context. And yet they found ways to meet in their homes, to break bread, to share food. For them, it wasn't about institution, program, come to worship, sign up to volunteer, because I guess I should. It was way of life. Pastor Alex had a a remarkable sermon last week talking about a moment in his own uh, maturation as a pastor of realizing it wasn't just about doing the thing, it was about being present. The early church gathered. They needed community. And yet we see that that's not all they did. In Acts chapter 5, the reading from today, we see that they took a bold step out of the safety of their homes, their gathering, because they were fueled by a mission. The mission of the early church was not to gather in worship. (gasps) It wasn't. Worship wasn't the primary thing. Now, before you think I'm a heretic, worship was very important. Praising God, giving thanks to God. But the primary thing that the early Christian community was oriented around, the glue that kept them together, was not to worship, It was the great commission. It was to go into the world with the news of a God who loved the world. They worshiped as a result of this mission. How could you not worship God when we have such a bold mission? And so we're told here that the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people and all the believers used to be together in Solomon's colonnade. No one dared join them even though they were highly regarded by the people. Yet, nevertheless, because the apostles were out in the city streets telling the good news, it drew other people in. They brought out their sick, the wounded, those needing healing, certainly physically, but I have to imagine emotionally. And this is how the church grew, not because of program, not because of institution, not because they were invited to a Taze service, It grew because the apostles were out telling the story. You see, they gathered in and they went out. Back to basics. This was the blocking and tackling of what it means for the early church to be followers of Jesus. And yet it came to them at great cost. You know the part of Acts chapter 5 that immediately follows this beautiful picture of people being healed? Those apostles that are out in the temple courts doing it, guess what happens to them? They're arrested. They're arrested. And they're thrown in jail. And this is what it said. The high priest and all of his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. And they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Now you would think, After being arrested, you just go back home into your safe gathering, right? But what do they do? They go right back to the center of the city streets and they start telling the story again. And this is the line that puts a fire in my soul. It says this, the angel who brought them out of the doors of the jail that opened the doors said to them, go stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new 
life. Folks, that, that is the fire and the fuel that birthed the church, the Jesus movement. Tell people the full message of this new life. For the early church, it wasn't about come join our new religion. Come join the club. The apostles went out because they understood people needed the message of life. Sometimes we think that people 2,000 years ago were wholly different than we are. I, I don't believe that. We have a wholly different context. We have a pretty complicated world we live in. But they were people with hearts that ache and break. I have to imagine that part of what fueled the early church to go out into the city street with the message of Jesus had to do with the way those early apostles that had journeyed with Christ felt as a result of the way Jesus poured into them. When you read through the Gospels, you see over and again that Jesus had a way of speaking right to the heart of the person he was talking to. He, he seemed to know their pain and their suffering, the longing within them. Do you know that the U.S. Surgeon General just published a new health report for the United States? And he's raising concern in the new health report about the number one growing epidemic in America. It's not heart disease, it's not cancer, it's not diabetes. Do you know what it is? Loneliness, social isolation. The US Surgeon General said that people experiencing social isolation and loneliness have a 29% increased risk of premature death. That experiencing loneliness is as dangerous to your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. More Americans are living alone than ever before, and the epidemic of loneliness affects men significantly greater than it does women. It affects our young adults. We are living in a culture where people are silently suffering Folks, we have a word for that. Do you see the context in which we live is ripe, is crying out and groaning for a different way of life? What if we reframed this whole church thing from a nice thing that adds a little value to my life, obligation, ritual, come to worship, join a committee, serve a little bit, and we started viewing it again like the back to basics. You see, we're not here because of institution, religion. We're not here to wave a banner and say our church is bigger than the one down the street. We are here to become a different kind of community, one that is oriented, grafted around the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus so that all people would know that love and life win, that anything somebody has gone through job loss, depression, anxiety, the loss of a spouse due to death or divorce, the loss of a child, the, 
the creeping loneliness and aching suspicion that there's got to be more to life, folks, we have a message for that that doesn't fix every wound. It doesn't make life hunky-dory and beautiful and all perfect, but we have a story of a God who so loved the world that he would draw close to humanity, walk alongside humanity, speak into people's lives and tell them, you are not alone. My heart and my prayer for Good Shepherd into the future in this next year is that we would never forget that we have permission to go back to the basics. Let's truly be that community that doesn't invite people to Good Shepherd so they join our club, so they add another spot to an empty pew, Let's be the type of people that are out in, in the real world with our real neighbors, our real friends, real strangers, with eyes open to see the need within their heart. And when we see it, that we'd be able to respond with, you know what, I would love for you to join me because I have a whole community of people and we gather around a story and a message that is anchored in love unconditionally. It's anchored in grace. It's anchored in forgiveness. It's anchored in welcome. Why don't you come and join me as my life is being restoried? I believe your life can be restoried too. What do you say, church? Let's get back to basics. For God so loved the world. He gave his only son, not that we should wallow in guilt or shame or fear or think I have to do. God gave his only son because God is a giver. God loves. And God loves you. And I do too. Amen.